Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my passion, my obsession in life to teach people just like you how to be more productive. And one of the ways I do that is by inviting you to sign up for my free seven-day productivity challenge. Give me two minutes a day for a week, and I will teach you simple, easily implementable ideas on how to be more productive. Get on the seven-day productivity challenge by going to my website, Mr productivity.com. That's Mr. All spelled out M I S T E R productivity.com. Today, it's another productivity expert, another man after my own heart, Glenn Tranter. Glenn, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Mark. It's awesome to be here. Now, obviously, with an accent like that, you're not from the States, so you're all the way on the other side of the world in Australia. I am. I'm from the land down under, and I'm um, south in Australia, in Melbourne, Australia. Well, Australia is one of those places I really hope to uh, visit before I leave this world. I really want to see Australia. It seems like a real nice place to visit, so I will definitely look it up, look you up when I come down there. Oh yeah, definitely do. It, it, it's such a wonderful place. I've I've had a number of opportunities to move from Australia over the years for, through work, but I've just found it very, very difficult. Just the quality of life that we get here is just phenomenal. But in saying that, I have a son who goes to college in Northern California. Um, so um, we've got one one in the USA there. Oh, well, nice. Very nice. Well, before we get started, Glenn, take about 30 seconds or so and tell us who you are and what you do. Okay. So Glenn Trander and I'm... I've got my own productivity consultancy called Glenn Tranner Consulting. Um, essentially, what I do is I help uh, busy business people get more stuff done, so to be more effective. So my background was I spent 20 years in IT, and in 2006, I burnt out myself just through working too many hours. So since then, my motivation has just been to help others and help businesses as well. Excellent. And in this day and age, like I always tell people that we, our world is becoming more and more distracting as we go on with each passing day. There's so many, it's not just the gadgets, it's not just social media, it's just the world is becoming so noisy. And we really need to be intentional if we have any hope whatsoever of being productive in this world. Oh, most definitely. Like the information overload that we get, the overwhelmed employee is such an issue nowadays. So there's so many competing deadlines, so much information, just competing interruptions, open plan offices that they need a way in which they are able to actually do their work. Now, it's interesting you talk about the overloaded employee and you hit something that we don't talk a lot about in the show, but I think we need to this time is the open plan office space. You know, it sounds like a good idea because the whole idea is collaboration. But if you've ever worked in an open plan uh, workshop or office, it gets really noisy and it's really difficult if you have to compose a, 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 you know, a blog post or a draft or a report or create a presentation. And you got all these noises and phones ringing and people walking by. So let's talk a little bit about that. First of all, why do you think companies decided to try this open plan office? Is it because 
it was meant to be collaboration? Was it a money issue? Where did this really come from? Well, I, I, I think it's a combination of, of both, to be brutally honest. So um, there's definitely some um, collaboration benefits in doing that. But by reducing the offices and by reducing the silos, there was an opportunity to reduce the cost as well. Now, it's fine to put people in these environments, but we have to teach them how to work. Because if we're still trying to use old methods in how we work, then it's not going to be successful. And, and one of the things that I find is in an open plan environment, it's the interruptions that a lot of people will get to work. They'll get there earlier because they'll get their job done before everyone else turns up and they stay later and they'll actually focus on their work afterwards. Now, because in that middle bit, which is the major hours through the day, there's a bunch and bunch of interruptions and distractions going on. How can somebody who is working in an open plan office deal with distractions other than showing up early and staying late? Is there anything that you, when you go into these companies and consult with them, that you give them suggestions on how people can be more productive and work a regular hour? Yeah. And, and I think, um, Productivity is ultimately about outcomes. It's not about speed. It's not about duration. So we need to ensure that we look after our energy because managing energy is far more important than managing time. But if we mismanage our time, then we'll end up either missing our targets completely or we have to work longer to do it. So one of the things that I do is that um, I say to people, 30% of interruptions, bare minimum, can be reduced. And they can tend to look at me kind of strange because they think it's something that they're not in control of, whereas interruptions is, is something that we can actually get quite a bit of control of if we understand what we need to do. So elaborate on that for us. Yeah. So, so my starting point with interruptions is, is to say, all right, let's understand where of the interruptions coming from and, and what are interruptions? So generally interruptions, it uh, I differentiate the difference between an interruption and a distraction. So an interruption is when it's it's noise, it's technology, it's somebody, it's something that's in, that's interrupting my my train of thought. Whereas um, a distraction is where my mind just wanders off. So I might be working away and I might go, Oh, my wife said to me to get some milk on the way home. I better make sure I don't forget that. That's a distraction. So that's internal, whereas an interruption is external. So the first thing that we do is we say, let's understand them. Where are they coming from? What are the type of interruptions that we're getting? Now, in the real basic fundamentals, if let's say if it's technology, we we can reduce interruptions for technology. So if it was an email alert that was going off every time we received an email or a social media alert going off, maybe we could turn those down or, or have quiet times when we reduce those. Because what we do know about interruptions is the average professional is interrupted about once every six minutes. And every study that's been produced says it takes just on 25 minutes to get back on what they were doing if it had a reasonable train of thought required to actually process the information. And that's even if we get back and all at it at all. So level of interruptions have a significant impact on our productivity. And of course, when you get interrupted or you get distracted, 
you're more likely than not to be interrupted and distracted when you're dealing with that first interruption or distraction. And it becomes like a domino effect. You just keep getting distracted or interrupted throughout your day. Meanwhile, you're getting further and further away from the task or project that you were working on when you were first distracted. Oh, absolutely. And and the level of frustration, and particularly if I'm a conscientious person who turns up to work with the right intent to deliver certain outcomes, that level of frustration starts increasing throughout the day. Um, and it, it's very often that I then go home at the end of the day and, and a family member or partner will say to me, how was your day? And I will say, I was busy. And they say, well, what were you doing? And I say, well, I don't know because I didn't get my outcomes achieved versus those days when I come home and I've achieved some of my key key targets or, or key initiatives that I plan to do when, when the partner or family member asks, how was a day? And I say, it was great. And they say, what did you do? And then I'll explain the achievements that, I, that I've done throughout the day. So managing interruptions is a real, real key one and being able to do that. So if we get back to the point you made earlier about open plan offices, what we have to do with open plan offices is then say, well, how do we manage the people interruptions throughout the day? And so we need to identify who the interrupters are. And one of the ways in which we can reduce interruptions is mirror behavior that we would like to see. So Instead of me just coming up to your workspace, Mark, and just interrupting you and and then just saying, I need you to do this, um, if I was to come up to you and say, hey, Mark, is now a good time to talk? Mm. Now, make no mistake, that is an interruption. But that's very easy to use to say yes or no. So if you were, if, if you were to say no, then I might say, well, when is, and you might say 12 p.m. So cool, I'll see you then. You're easy to get back into what you were doing. But if I start treating you like this, then the data that I've seen has found that 70% will return that favour. So if we treat people as we wish to be treated, we're reducing a significant number of those interruptions already. I love that. And one of the ideas I give to people who work in the work environment, I say, if you really need to be in a, a space of no distractions and no interruptions. And I, I asked him, is there like a vacant office you can go camp out in for a short time or maybe a conference room? Because now you're leaving the open plan office and you're going someplace with a door and maybe no one else is in there. So maybe you have to do something like that as well. Oh, absolutely. And, and we have different types of work that we have to do. So some of that work is really high level intense work that we do need a quiet place. So when we plan to do our work, we've also got to plan where we're going to do the, do our work. So it might be like I often, when I'm uh, around in the city of Melbourne between appointments, if I've got a window and I've got a key proposal that I need to produce, I'll actually go to the state library because I, for me, a library, it's a quiet place. It means I must turn my phone off mm. and I can just get through so much work. So we've got to find those places. And for some people, they like the sound of, uh, of a cafe. So they might go to a cafe, have a coffee and work away there for an hour to get some work done. There's, it works not where we do it. It's what we do. 
So it works what we do, not necessarily where we do it, because we can work anywhere now with technology. Yeah, and I agree with that. And one of the things my friends who work in the corporate environment will say, man, Mark, you're so lucky because you work from home. I said, you think I don't have my issues at home? I said, I, I'm an empty nester. My wife goes to her real job and I'm all home. I'm home all alone. But the thing is, is I have these other issues like, well, I should do a load of laundry. Oh, I should run the vacuum. I should take the dog for a walk. So I have issues too. They're not the same things that people have in the corporate environment, but you have distractions or interruptions wherever you go. You could have someone call you or you get someone stop by your house to just shoot the breeze. And so we have to be very alert on where these distractions are coming from. Because if we're not, like you said, we'll get to the end of the day and like, wow, I was busy today, but what did I do? Because we let our day control us instead of us controlling our day. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and the, the funny one that I find is that so many business people, when I ask them about procrastination, how they tell me that they're too busy to procrastinate. And <laughs> I, I sort of think there's no correlation whatsoever between being busy and procrastination. I think you're either naturally someone who procrastinates or you're not. So, and I'll extend that even further. We all have things that we don't like to do if we're really honest with ourselves. So procrastination can step in and we sometimes seek out and look for either interruptions or distractions because we're really, really procrastinating is what we're doing. So one of the habits that we have to embed, if you want to get more stuff done, and I'm a I'm a busy business person, so I'm positioning this, targeting this someone who's in an open plan office environment or or they might be running, they might even have an office Um that we've got to reduce the level of distractions. We've got to reduce the level of interruptions. We've got to reduce the level of procrastination so we can focus on getting our high-impact, important work done. I agree. And I also am a firm believer that everyone procrastinates. Now, the high performers don't procrastinate as much, but I think everyone procrastinates at some point. And a lot of people think procrastination is, well, I I put this off, this task, this project off, but that's certainly a form of procrastination, but also it's the little things you don't think about when you're sitting there creating that report and you're trying to monkey around what font you want to use or what color that is a form of procrastination because really is that report going to be accepted more because you use this font as opposed to the other font? People don't stop and think about this. When they change the wallpaper on their iPhone, that's procrastination. Why are you doing that instead of working on something? Also, working on your website or working on your profile on social media. Okay, you're, you're tweaking a word here or there. But my question is, what could you be doing that's a needle-moving activity other than doing that. So there's many forms of procrastination. And I think a lot of people don't pay attention to the little ones. Oh, absolutely. And I think you touch on a really good point then about the difference between high performers and everybody else. And what I've found with high performers is they're not necessarily smarter. Sometimes they are. Generally, they're not. What they're really, really good at, what their real skill at is coming up with some form of a plan and executing it. Mm. So what their their real level of expertise is, they're doers. Yeah. They actually get things done. So I think anybody can mirror the behaviors of a high performer. 
I agree. And I, I think you don't have to go far. All you have to do is go foul some high performers. If you don't know who they are, here's a couple names. Mark Cuban, Damon John, Brendan Burchard, Tony Robbins, Elon Musk, Oprah Winfrey. Those are some names for you. Bill Gates. I mean, look at them. Find out what they're doing. One of the biggest things they do, and I've learned this over the years of studying them, they say no a lot. They say no way more than they say yes. And the problem is so many people, we all like to be people pleasers. We want to say yes to everything and everyone. The problem is every time you're saying yes, you're committing yourself and your time to doing this thing for someone else that your work can't get done. And so I think we need to learn how to say no professionally, politely, but we need to politely, is that a word? Politely. That's what I was looking for. And, (laughs) and, and, you know, really take control of our time because I think, and I'd like to know your thoughts on this, Glenn. I think our productivity is because we get in our own way. What do you think? Oh, most definitely. Absolutely. Most definitely. So it starts to get into, I think everyone's got a way in which they do their best work, but not everybody does their best work all of the time. Mm -hmm. Now, Traditional time management has really been a one-size-fits-all approach. So you want a, a purple, you want the color purple with pink dots. As long as you want that, then it's fine. And the one-size-fits-all approaches works for seventy percent of the people. Now, if you're within that seventy percent, you've got something that kind of fits you and kind of works. But if you're outside of it, then what consultants would do is that they would say, well, hey, the person didn't apply the principle, so that's why it didn't work. Now, if we fast forward to 2020, technology is such that we can customize things so often nowadays. So we can actually get the productivity principles and flip a number of them on their head to work for the individual. So if a really simple analogy would be for someone if they're managing their email, whether they should have an empty inbox or if they should have a crowded inbox or have some folders with how they file things, it shouldn't be based on how someone else does it. It should be based on how that person will interact best with that data. So one of the things when I talk about managing an inbox, I ask people if they have a garage and if they say yes, then I'll say, so step me through, what does your garage look like? And are things filed? So are the the rakes hung up and shovels hung up on the wall um, and there's some form of sequence of organisation or is it just a hot raving mess where everything is thrown in there? So if there's a level of organisation and I stepped up through a little bit further and I asked the person, so what would happen if I went in and moved things around? And if they tell me they would they they would be really uncomfortable with that because they it would take them longer to do things, then they probably want some form of filings structure on their inbox. If they were a person who everything's just thrown in as a hot raving mess, then a crowded inbox is really going to work for them. And often when I go and so we have this conversation, then we go and have a look at how they're managing their email, we actually see a disconnect. So what they naturally do well, what they what comes comfortable for them isn't actually what they're doing with one of the main drivers of in a open plan busy office they tend to tend to be getting quite a number of emails. Mm. So it depends on how we interact. So for me, um I'm an inbox zero person. 
Now, that's just my preference. So not all my customers are like that. Some of my customers have crowded inboxes and they're super, super productive people. But for me, when I start seeing a crowded inbox, I physically start to tense up because I compute it as workload. Now, it's not, but I physically tense up and that slows me down. So I need that clarity. So I need a simple way to manage my email and therefore I can just be the best version of myself. I love that because when people ask me when I'm speaking or whatever, they'll say, you know, how often do you get in your email? I said, maybe three or four times a day. It takes me about three minutes to go through it. And they're like, how do you do that? I'm like, well, I don't get a lot of email, first of all. Okay. So I don't get all those emails, uh, coupons and email newsletters. I, I guard my email box really, really carefully. And that's the secret. That's how I can get that back to inbox zero so quickly. I don't have all this garbage coming to my inbox. And I tell people, if your inbox is like out of control, well, it's your fault. And it didn't happen overnight. So it's going to take you a while to undig yourself from it. But if you become really disciplined and someone says, hey, you want the special report? Sign up for my email newsletter. You got to say, okay, do I really want to get all these emails? Because you know you're going to get that first email that's going to have that report. And then you're going to email after email after email. And if it's going to serve you, fine. But if it's not, you have to immediately unsubscribe. And a lot of people, they just keep signing up for emails because they get a coupon or report and they don't unsubscribe and they just keep subscribing and they keep getting emails over and over again. And then they have a big mess. And I'm like, you can have inbox zero, but if you got like 40,000 unread emails in your inbox, it's going to take you a while to undig out of, to dig out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, fortunately, I haven't seen 40,000 emails in inbox, but I have seen 33,000 I recently saw. Well, I I know people, you know, on the iPhone, they've got that badge count. And apparently it goes up to 999,999. That's when it it stops. I know people (laughs) who have five digits of unread emails. And I know these people really well. I won't talk about my wife on the show. Well, I've talked about it before. <laughs> it, it's okay. Uh, I just like, honey, what are you doing? I mean, you're not even looking at these emails. And I'm like, you need to start unsubscribing. And it, it drives me crazy. So I, I finally had her turn off that bad count because it, 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 it gives me heart palpitations at the productivity expert. I'm like, just, just turn it off because I'm like, you're never going to read all those emails ever. I mean, you don't have enough time in this world to read through all those emails. And I go scrolling through every once in a while when I ask her to look at her phone. I'm like, you, you, what do you, why do you have these emails? And she goes, Oh, I just don't want to, you know, take the time to unsubscribe. And so her problem gets worse and worse and worse. And I just scratch my head and like, I'm Mr. Productivity. She's Mrs. Anti Productivity, I guess. That's the way <laughs> it was in our house. But, and people are listening to this conversation. They're like, Oh, that's me. And I'm like, why? Why did you let your email box get out of control? Because you got into the mess. Guess who gets to fix it? That would be you. (laughs) So it kind of reminds me of a story of my wife and I. It was before we were married. We went away to a work achievers club. Um, that was a conference and it was on Daydream Island. And I'm someone who's always got, I've always had to be on time. I've, I've always got to be before a meeting, before it starts. So every event we went to, we were late. And uh, because my wife, Sam, um, she wasn't like that whatsoever. And people must have kind of um, understood that there was something that was going on there because at the end of the event, they actually gave presented us an award and it was a clock. 
<laughs> and they could see how intense I was because I was turning up late and how relaxed and set and comfortable Sam was. <laughs> I can relate because you tell me to be someplace at two, that means I'm there by one forty five. Yeah. I, 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 on time is always early in my book. And my wife is like, you know, I know how long it takes her to get ready when we're going to church or something like that. And I'm like, okay, we have to be out the door by 415. In other words, we have to be backing out of the garage at 415 if we're going to be there on time. And for on time for me is like 445. Now, some people think that's crazy, but I, I like being early. I think it's respectful, whether it's for a job or a, a luncheon, whatever the case may be. I always get there before the other person. So completely agree with you. Let's just not our get, let's not get our wives together. Cause that would be, uh, that would not be a good, uh, no. <laughs> well, Glenn, no, you no, gave I us a lot, but oh, go ahead. I was going to say, but but it sort of makes me think about a little thing about productivity is that productivity, I'm a true believer that one size doesn't fit fits all. And what we've got to do is we've got to tailor productivity techniques to an individual's strengths, weaknesses, and preferences. And this is where it kind of gets a little bit murky, is that people sometimes don't realize what their strengths are or don't realize what their weaknesses. So what they're actually doing is they're making a weakness their preference. And that's where we start losing efficiency gains. Hmm. Well, we have talked about a lot of things on the show today, and I know it can be overwhelming, listener, when you hear all this information. So just pick out one thing either Glenn or I said in the show and begin to implement it. Don't try to do everything we talked about because you'll get overwhelmed and overwhelm cause procrastination, then you'll quit. We don't want that. So a uh, final question I have for you, Glenn, is where can we find out more about you online? Online. So my website is uh, glentranter.com. So that's www.glentranter.com. Or I'm on LinkedIn and you'll see me uh, posting on LinkedIn uh, five days a week. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you for being such a tremendous guest on the Mark Suchowski podcast and sharing your wisdom. It's really interesting to hear your point of perspective. That's why I have productivity experts on the show with me because I don't have all the answers. No one does. And it's nice to hear you come on the show and share with us. So thank you so much for being on the show today. You are a rock star. Thank you. It's been awesome to be part of it, Mark. And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. That's Mr. All spelled out, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. One, you can sign up for the free seven-day productivity challenge. Two, you can sign up to take me out for a test drive for just 25 US dollars. Yes, I did say you have to pay for a test drive. Why? In my experience, People who have a little skin in the game show up, pay attention, and win. So it's only $25, US and it's not a sales call. It's a full-on coaching call with me for 30 minutes. And finally, you can find out where I am on social media. I am all over social media, especially the hottest platform right now, TikTok. Go find me and say hello. I really mean it. Find me and say hello. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast and then tell two or three of your friends about the value you got from it so I can help other people. So thank you again so much for listening. I really appreciate you and your time. And until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.